You are listening to the Mom Halo Podcast. This sweet ear candy will serve up laughs and aha moments as we talk to best-in-class thought leaders. These folks are dropping gems of genius. I'm Melana Kapitz, CEO and founder of the Mom Halo community. I'm a fun, fearless, freckled mom with three wild kiddos. I love to introduce you to ideas and people that will rock your world all while laughing out loud because that is the only way to get through the daily grind of parenthood. Plug in your earphones and let's get to them. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the Mom Halo podcast. I'm your host, Alana Kafitz, and I'm super excited today because we have one of our past scholars and experts joining us. And if you have not met Melissa Gilly already, you are in for a treat. So let's give her a warm halo welcome. Woo! Thank you. <laughs> Hi, Mel. How are you doing? I'm great. Yeah, I, I mentioned I'm just over a stomach flu that seems to not only go around our house, but the entire community we live in. So oh. um, it's been interesting times, the perpetual sick kid issue this year of you send them one week and then they're back for two weeks. <laughs> I think that is actually hitting my house as I look at my 15-year-old babysitter who is quite sick right now. Um, okay, Melissa, tell us who you are, where you're from, and what you do. Sure. So. I am Melissa Giller, as you said, and I am actually in Winnipeg, so I'm the heart of Canada, but I work virtually with women across Canada and in other parts of the world. I am a life and leadership mentor. I really take a soul-based approach to my work, and so what that means is I work with women in both group and individual facets to really reclaim who they are. My my coaching series is called self-reclamation. And that's really what my personal journey was and um, what I wanted to share with others. I came from a corporate background and MBA working for a big four firm. And then I got pregnant, had a baby and my life turned upside down. Then I had another baby and my life turned even more upside down. And it was through that struggle and loss of self that I really found my true self and started this incredible healing journey and knew in my core that this is what I wanted to bring to others. And so I started coaching women more on just a personal basis on refining themselves and managing their time and energy, creating better boundaries. Uh, But it's really translated now into how to bring those practices and self-care in some respects to your work and to your purpose. And whether it's work in the traditional sense of a nine to five type thing, or you're maybe leading a team, or it's work in that you have a message you want to share with the world. You want, you have an impact you want to make and how to kind of work through that. And of course, all the nasty internal stuff that tends to come up when we put ourselves out there. So that's really where I'm focused going forward is, is working with women in their various endeavors. I love that. And Melissa, walk us through a bit about how spirituality informs your work. Yeah, spirituality is a journey I didn't realize that I was on my entire life and how big of an impact it has on me as a a person. Um, And so, as I mentioned, this, this healing journey that I started, it really, it happened for me at a time that I went through what I believe is a spiritual awakening. It was a bit of a a mix of both 
mental health issues, emotional health, and, you know, lack of spiritual health in my, in my mode of operating at that time. As I said, I was a a young mom with two little kids and uh, no purpose other than that. And so I began to really look deeper into why I was here and questioning that and what I wanted to achieve during that process and what parts of me needed healing and letting go and transforming in order to really co-create the vision that I had with the universe and where I was going. So spirituality, it infiltrates every aspect of my work because I really believe that, um, spirituality is a, it's like a, it's a mode of being, it's a presence that you're in, you're feeling connected. It's not a a prescriptive path. It's your sense of connection. And so that infiltrates how you relate to other people and how you communicate the judgments and perspective you have on others and mostly on yourself. So that's a lot of the work that we do. And people don't always realize how it's spiritual work in some ways, because when you're able to heal yourself, to love yourself, to, to really move through some challenging things with grace and self-compassion, that creates a huge ripple effect on the people around you. And you're healing other people. You're a heal. We're all healers. Right. And so I love to bring that into my work because I don't think people realize how intertwined it all is. I love that so much. And I do think it's something that you, and that's why I love talking to you, Melissa, because I think that's the ecosystem that you sort of orbit different than anyone else that I know is how much spirituality, and I don't mean to be air quoting, but spirituality sort of centers your work and brings forth like, you know, it it transcends everything, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It does. Yeah. I love that. So Melissa, when you're talking to people right now, who are you talking to and what's like the chief complaint or what are What are people grappling with right now in your practice? Um, I think a lot of it is kind of that self-doubt and the imposter syndrome that so many of us face when we feel we feel this tug inside and we know what we're doing right now is not it. It's not enough. It's um, actually one of my coaches calls it the, the not this moment. So you might not know what you want, but you know, it's not this. And I think a lot of us are feeling that um, obviously within the past two years, but I think particularly right now and what I'm seeing in the women I work with is they're just ready. Maybe it's the pandemic ending or shifting or whatever it is, this change in seasons, but people are wanting more and they're saying, I can't do this anymore. And so um, that you know, translates into even just basic habits, how we take care of ourselves, getting out of survival mode, you know, maybe instituting more water, better meal planning during the day, like starting basic to the big changes, leaving corporate, you know, the great resignation has occurred over these last couple of years. People are deciding I can't balance this anymore. I don't want to. And so a lot of my work even revolves around energy management. I don't really call it time management. It's energy management because you have different kind of pulls on your energy at any given time. And you have different priorities for your energy. You have family energy, you have, you know, your work energy and your personal care, restorative energy. And so how to really 
um, tap into that in order to live a life that just feels more aligned and feels more balanced. I know like balance is a whole topic we could get into. No, I think that's interesting. I think people are vibrating at a different sort of pitch right now and plenty of it has to do with like what the fuck just happened this like vortex we were pulled so deeply in um and this has informed so many of my podcast conversations has unearthed so many elephants in the room for folks um whether or not that's business personal professional financial family dynamics and people are feeling different and their core of who they are is different people are shook or like it's shaken out almost right like they their core fabric of who they maybe were or what they valued is different what do you think about that Melissa yeah I completely agree I mean I don't know about you but I often forget how old I am now and it's like oh my god I'm 37 it's like two years of my life have just gone by since I had a birthday party or (laughs) just you know noticed what, what stage I'm at. I mean, and I think part of it too, that we've gone through is this grief of not expecting our prime years. I mean, in in your audience and in mine are mostly young moms, like our prime of raising little kids in this time. Um, There's been such a grief associated with that and a restructuring of how to do that. We're doing things that no one has had to do before you know, working at home, managing all the hats with kids. And I just think that eventually we see these cracks that um, are unsustainable in our society and all this pressure and it's all just unfolding in front of us. And so, so many of us, I feel are just saying, no, I don't want to, I need to do something else. I want to live on my own terms. I think a lot of us kind of questioning the the systems that were a part of like the traditional education system. Do I want to continue with this? I I know a lot of people exploring different options for homeschooling or pods, things like that. I just think people are ready to, to look at things differently. And um, I even see like in my local community desires to start um, communal gardening so that we're sourcing things more locally within our communities, given all the, the trade issues going around um, in the, in the country, in the world, how to really shape our starting at our home, in our community, our country, how to shape things differently because it's not working. It's not working. And I think what's interesting about what I find fascinating about your work specifically is that soul work, right? That, um, it's almost like a, a, a reset, if you will, where people are not only their values changing at their core, but um, they're looking inwards in ways that perhaps they haven't done before. So give us a little bit. Who's your core clientele right now? And, and what are they seeking, Melissa? I actually just love that you said that. And I just want to touch on that for a minute, the core values part, because that's something I see in a lot of my clients is they haven't actually revisited what their core values are and or ever or not in a long time. And they've definitely shifted. They've shifted not only through our personal lives, if you've made changes, you've partnered up, unpartnered, had kids, chosen not to have kids, whatever it is, um, we have like a, a need to kind of understand what those core values are and then choose to shape our life around that because we realize when we're not li- like the whole part of living in alignment means we're 
we're living, we're acting, breathing, doing all the things that match our core values. And so um, I apologize because I now don't remember what your question was for me about my clients. Um, Yeah. I was just saying like when somebody's calling you right now, what's their chief, where are they at? Like who's your client right now? and What do they need? Yeah. My client right now is somebody who, again, is having a not this moment of feeling like I can't keep having the same argument with my spouse. I can't keep yelling at my kids because I'm taxed internally. I can't keep working at this job that I hate for the pay, like not being valued for the work that I do or not having maybe the help that I need. And I am ready to shift. That's who I'm talking to. And so we can work through any facet of that. As I said, it's sometimes as simple as changing daily habits, which really do once you, I, it's funny, like once you start to change those daily habits, it's like you just unconsciously start this unpacking journey and this unfolding. And it's like a year goes by and you're not even living the same life anymore. You're a different person. And it all does kind of boil down to those little habits and those um, internal shifts and introspection that we need to make to really figure out who we are and how do we want to be living our lives? We have the ability to choose in a lot of respects now that maybe our parents didn't or our grandparents didn't. Um, and I'm really seeing people yearning to make difficult decisions in order to find that freedom on the other side. I love that. I think I also am seeing like this um, rebirth, if you will, of the mom, like of the you know, the things that we value, the things that were keeping us up at night, or maybe a magnification of like almost a unification or a cutting the bullshit of like, it's time, it's time to get real. This is, this is the plight of many of us, not to essentialize that all women are in essence the same, but there is so much sameness. Um, And there's resources available like yourself, right, Melissa? Right. And I think it's like, if we all individually choose to opt out of that toxic motherhood culture, we can shift that. We can shift all of that. And it starts individually. And exactly, it's reaching out for the different kinds of supports that are out there and saying out loud, I'm not going to be a martyr to motherhood. I'm going to live my life in alignment with who I am and having the confidence that by doing that, I'm giving my kids the best mom they could have. And it's funny because I always pull cards, right? You know me. I pull a card before I do an interview or something. Today's card is taking care of myself is a radical act of love. And I just resonate with that so much that, you know, self-care is not selfish. We talk about that, but it's really, it goes beyond self-care. When a woman is pursuing her joy, is pursuing calm peace, is pursuing healing, is pursuing her own self-development, everyone wins. Everyone wins. It's funny right now because we're actually planning a retreat um, for the first time ever, like an overnight in Ontario, like a sleep away moment. And I'm I'm really um, worrying with myself about how to market this because I mean we're we want it to be like a camp style retreat where people come and sort of unplug and recharge. And those languages to me is interesting right now because um, 
unplugging quite literally going into nature and being away um, from themselves and from their life and like asking people to leave their families and leave their kiddos for a few days um, and understanding that, that in, in that unplugging, even if it's 36 hours, like they will recharge, you will recharge. I'm speaking personally. I just came back from, you know, three nights away from my kiddos, which took a tremendous undertaking to do and to execute. But I feel like a brand new person. I feel completely recharged. Um, and when you talk about pulling a card and about um, the martyrdom of motherhood that we maybe had come from, or that was sort of the Facebook toxicity that we're trying to rechange. I mean, that to me is the core foundation of what Mom Halo is about, is really trying to give breath and depth and, and, and allow space for people to pick themselves, like just pick yourself, whatever that means. Um, and along the way, sort of, you know, um, alley-ooping experts like yourself into the ecosystem to say like, and here's somebody who knows how to help us like pick ourselves, you know, and to get there, which I think is so beautiful. Um, tell us a little bit about, I'm just shifting gears a bit. Tell us about this um, entrepreneurs. Let's talk about the rise of the mom boss. Um, cause to me, that's a fascinating conversation. Have you seen an increased amount of sort of moms or birthing folk, um, make a career shift now? And, and why do you think that is? Yeah, I think they are. And I think it's tying back a little bit to what you said and what I touched on earlier about pursuing your own joy. And, um, I just wanted to add that I took a business retreat away in the fall where I went to my family cottage just by myself. And um, we need to retrain our brains and think about why we feel guilty when we do those things, right? And kind of sit in that and question, where is that coming from? Is that mine? Is that because of society? And so I think that when women are, there's kind of two parts to it. They have a desire. They have this inner knowing, or like I said, the soul calling, this urge to do something differently. But then they have this competing negative voice, the guilt, the overwhelm, the emotional shit that comes up and makes it really difficult to actually implement the change. And so I see the rise of the mompreneur. I battle with that name. <laughs> I love soulpreneur because that's more my space. Um, because I really think that the point is to have uh, something that's that's inherently yours, that's only authentically you, that's your gift of service to the world, be your offering out there. And so whether you're a mom or anybody, we all have that inside of us. And I think that moms desire to shape a different world. I always love that saying, be the change you want to see in your kids, right? You want to create independent thinking, resilient children. You need to be that. You need to be independent thinking and pursuing your own joy and your own gifts. You need to be courageous even when you feel like this is scary. You need to be um, resilient when you fall down because you will, right? But um, it's about having too a community. And that's what I love about mom halo is it's a community of women of like minds. And that's so, so important to help us realize one, we're not alone in these thoughts. None of these thoughts are weird or, um, you know, there's something wrong with us, but we tend to feel alone or we wonder, and we can, we go into the comparison game. I mean, you jump on Instagram and you can't take anything at face value on how someone's business is actually doing when you just see them posting all the time. That doesn't, but we tend to compare. And so it's a bit of a twofold of becoming trapped in our own self-doubt and limitations versus this desire to really change. 
I love the idea of soul entrepreneur because I think that is the right, right word. And I think um, my experience is just sort of where we are straddled in the ecosystem of culture is this obsession with linguistics and words and and how to use language in a way that's super meaningful. And I sort of retract what I was saying about mom boss because we actually had a series called mom boss. And I was told at one point that maybe that should not be the name of the series because um, there's no something called dad boss. It would just be called CEO time or something. Right. But I do think there is some banners that women love to stand under. And for many young moms, I found when they enter motherhood, it is a new banner. It's a new flag they can bear. And I'm okay with us waving that flag. Um, so I've sort of like, I want to say pigeon toed around it or like, um, pigeon step. Like I've just gone circled around this idea about this particular one, word leaning in and away from it because we to be honest we had a mom boss series and it was super freaking popular and everyone wanted to be on our panel and everyone wanted to attend and everyone wanted to don the merch and then when i was sort of inspired to sort of or or questioned um the legitimacy of of, of the language because of the gender duality that we we're sort of bringing out about like this is a feminist issue um which i i saw the validity in but when we started calling it the expert series like no one came Right. So, so to me, I'm always sort of, it's a slippery slope around what's cool, interesting, relevant, sexy marketing, which actually is what we're doing. We're actually putting on the podium and giving voice to women who are moms and also top of their industry and therefore calling the mom boss and how to some people that just, that language itself is jarring. So I, I know that you're like, this is something that you understand and grapple with too. What do you think? Melissa? Yeah, no. And I agree. And I'm, I'm sitting here reflecting on too, the fact like I have an offering on my site called the fearless feminine leader. And I think for me, it's, it's kind of that embracing of divine feminine and that we are different than men and that that's okay. And that that should be celebrated as well. Um, but yeah, I, I know that language matters. And I mean, there's also I think too, is uh, anyone putting content out there, you have this uh, ability or um, chance of people fighting against it, backlashing, canceling you, (laughs) you know, it's all people pay attention so much to the words that other people use. So, I mean, I just, whatever resonates, I think we just need to run with that, um, but I do, yeah, I love the idea of embracing, again, our femininity and why that's a strength and how that makes us different as leaders and really kind of running with that. So whether you want to call yourself a mom boss or a fempreneur or a soulpreneur or a woman in business or a person in business or whatever you are. And now a word from our Mom Halo podcast sponsor. Who needs superheroes when we have moms? Our friends over at Mini Miage are our go-to shop for head-to-toe organic kids' wardrobes, essentials that look as good as they feel. Not only is each Mini Miage piece ethically and sustainably produced here in Toronto, but 1% of all of the sales are donated to organizations and initiatives that support kids and help them thrive. I promise to customers that the better that they do as a company, the more good they can do for the world. And we love this. Last year, we collaborated with Mini Miyosh on a special edition Kind Human Club family collection in support of Project Kalo for Sick Kids, which has raised more than $23,000 in donations to date. 
Head over now to minimioche.com to learn more about their awesome initiatives, including the latest drop of the KHC gear, their first ever women's collection, M and West, and all of your kids' summer essentials. Dealing with leaky diapers? It's time to try Rascal and Friends. Designed with you and your little one in mind, Rascal and Friends Premium Diapers ticks all the boxes. Affordable, safe on sensitive skin, deliciously soft and super absorbent. Plus, their unique design provides up to 12 hours of leak production to keep your baby comfy and dry day and night. Join the thousands of parents making the switch and say goodbye to leaks. Shop Rascal and Friends Premium Diapers, Training Pants, and Sensitive Wipes at Walmart today. I laugh because, you know, when I was looking at COVID over the course of how COVID was was sort of um, managed, um, I, you know, there's not that many women who are leaders of countries. And one may argue that of the women leaders of countries, um, and I'm thinking about New Zealand as an example of this young mom who's the literal leader of the country, who's like, you know, raising a very young family and had great, I thought, feminine energy and feminine policies. Um, and it wasn't, and her mandates were so reasonable and awesome and real. And I sometimes wonder about that. And I, I love to see women sort of rising through politics and hoping that we see more feminine leadership. Um, and I also know that, you know, a lot of feminine leaders who who are rising through have a really hard time, like are under the microscope or, you know, quadruple judge. So I do think that there is just so much um, more we could do for our, our own generation and for our daughter's generation and our daughter's daughter's generation. Um, and that to me like really resonates so deeply um, that we're sort of at this brink of change. But I know we also stand on the backs of giants of women who who allowed us to have that change, right? Like we are just constantly evolving. Um, tell us a little bit about the programs you have coming out. We'd love to hear more about them. Yeah, for sure. So I currently offer, as I mentioned, a group or a one-to-one uh, practice with me. So you could, for my group, we really focus on... Um, it's that self-reclamation piece. It's a safe space to come and learn and, you know, in- implement. So we talk about boundaries. We talk about communication. We talk about well-being practices. We, you know, go deep into inner child healing, all of that thing, all of those things. But then my one-on-one programs, um, they can be catered to to wherever you're looking for change, whether that's on that individual little habit level, um, really having someone walk you through that, that process of starting small with habits and building towards major change and transformation. Um, that's what I work with my one-to-one clients on. And now in a shift, really focusing on that solopreneur and understanding, I have um, a workshop that, for instance, coming out in April called Spin Your Story Into Gold. So really trying to uh, reflect and pull out through various practices, the experiences that you've lived through, I called them lived and healed experiences, that really, when you start to pull it all together, you see, um, you see your vision, you see your service, you see your offering. It's like, I've lived through this, I've healed through this, this is how, what I want to share with other people. I have this education and this strong skill set, this is my zone of genius. We, I don't know if you've read The Big Leap, but we go into um, really trying to uncover our zones of genius and how we thrive and putting that into an actual sustainable business plan. And so my, my spring focus is really going to be, it's called actually the Self-Reclamation Business Series. 
And I have three workshops in that that's really going to walk you through that initial step of who am I? Why am I here? What am I born for? What am I made to do? How do I get content? How do I share this out there? What, you know, and how do I support this through systems and systems being, you know, not just the technical, but the emotional piece. Yes. It's so important to running a business. I love that. I think that that the entire workshop series is going to be a home run. I think people are really at that crossroads, Mel. I really think people are have a burning desire to do something that lights them up. And, you know, with sort of the advent that has been COVID, um, and I can't believe COVID is like even a word. I remember I have like, I mean, just totally off topic here, but I never forget like three weeks into the pandemic and I was walking around some grocery store and there was this like, you know, it's COVID-19, please stay six feet apart. And like, this felt like a sci-fi movie. And here we are two and a half years later. And like that rhetoric that you still hear in airports and restaurants and this whole lifestyle is like, this is what it is. And now this is going down in sort of the textbooks of this life and time of a global pandemic like the plague and everything else. And now we're living and breathing to tell it on the other side, which is so bananas. Um, so I mean, opportunity to shape what's on the other side. I think that's right. what a lot of people are seeing don't real. Yeah. Or, or, or sometimes we don't realize, or we forget right. how much power we hold individually and by opting out of some of the old systems, old processes, things right. that aren't working. We can make, we have the chance to write what goes in those history books right now. So we're seeing such a divide on this planet, um, war and oppression and, you know, the pandemic and all the struggle that we've had. And we can keep going down that road or we can opt out and believe in a better future and work towards that as individuals and collectively. I love that. I, I also believe that I have to say the other divide I see are people who've had COVID and sort of come out on the other side of it and those who have not yet had COVID and how they are approaching life as a result of having had it, i.e. surviving it and still like, you know, sort of seeing like, okay, well now I've had it and I'm, I'm you know, we're okay and I can sort of press on versus like living in this sort of constant state of fear and anxiety about getting COVID and, um, I don't know. I feel like almost like this Omicron was that big sweep where like everyone sort of got it. Um, and I hope that this sort of is the signification of the end. But I do think society is forever changed and uh, will never return to what it was, especially here, not here in Canada. I do see in the States and other parts of the country where or the world where people have approached the pandemic differently anyways from sort of go. But Canadians are, are definitely, I think... Um, going to have a, a very interesting return to whatever the return is and what is the return right what does that return look like and people want that return like I know myself already I'm getting like invites to stuff and going to events and needing to find babysitters or take meetings outside the house and I'm like oh shit I don't even know how to manage any of this anymore um you know so I think the ecosystem says as you say as we hold power as individuals I love that Melissa I think that's my aha moment let's not forget the power that we hold as individuals and we're not some we're not a martyr. We're not shackled to the yoke of whatever this is. We do have individual power here, regardless of whatever your situation is or limitations are, we have power. I think that's super interesting and relevant. Yeah. And I think it's also important to what you're saying, kind of have that level of self-compassion for us as we shift into this new environment. And I can speak for myself in that my family had COVID in January and it, you know, 
rolled over us fairly easily, thankfully. And, you know, is a long stretch at home, that being the most difficult part of entertaining ourselves in a minus 40 winter in Winnipeg with COVID. Um, so I'm on that level, really happy. I'm, I'm in that camp of, you know, moving forward. But I'm also so used to living this way that it brings another level of um, anxiety in some respects because it's like, oh, like, I'm not going to go back to the way it was, but it's, yes. it's a hybrid. And so now it's also a little bit of overwhelm. As you said, it's like, I have to, I have to go to this event. So that means I need a babysitter. And that means I got to plan this dinner for them. And it's like, what do we do the next day? You know, and I'm not used to this and will there be a mask on and all the extra questions, not just the logistical planning of your household and how to cover your time away. It's like how to manage the emotional discomfort of being around people again and yes. um, relating to others. And knowing where they're at and are not knowing how they feel and their comfort level. It's, it's a new level of, um, like I said, anxiety or this kind of dance we have to do socially. Uh, we all, I think, feel a little bit awkward coming out of this pandemic. And Yeah, I would say it's capital A awkward, right? It's really like, I just was reading an article and it's like, you know, um, how to social, like social norms now at the end of the pandemic, right? Um, it's super bizarre. <laughs> We're just living in such a weirdo time. Um, I love that so much. Okay, Melissa, if, I, I just have a question for you. If 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 you want, um, if people want to get in touch with you, how can they reach you? Well, they can come to my website. I'm at www.melissagiller.com. They can follow me on Instagram, Melissa underscore Giller. I think that's kind of my, you can send me an email, but you can get my email information online. So I love that. Look at my free programs. I have a, a mindset course that I run for free. It's an, just an audio and workbook training on my website, as well as my, my download on feminine leadership, as I mentioned. I love that. And Melissa, if you want people to hear one thing today and nothing else, what's sort of the take home from our messages today? I think We'll circle back to that concept of power, the individual power that you hold, and to not forget that when you're in a not this moment, whether it's it, like internally, I don't want to feel this way, or externally, I don't want to be acting this way anymore, you do have the power to change. And there are supports to help you navigate that change. You don't have to do it alone, but you have more power inside you than you realize. Power, baby. That's the quotable quote. Melissa, thank you so much for your time today. And thank you to all of our fans, friends, and followers. And have a wonderful rest of your, whatever it is, day, night, evening, weekend. Bye, everybody. Thank you, Melissa. Take care. Bye. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode of the Mom Halo podcast, I'd love your support by sharing it with others, posting about us on social, or leaving a really good rating and review. To catch all the latest from me, you can follow me on Instagram at the Mom Halo. Thanks so much, and I'll see you next time. Sick Kids is helping redefine what's possible in pediatrics. Also, children can lead healthier, happier lives. In 2021, Project Halo raised over $150,000 to help build a new sick kids designed to better serve patients and families. This will include spaces devoted to parents and caregivers, spaces to feel calm, relief, and rest. We are calling on our community again this year to join us in helping build a state-of-the-art hospital. Together, there are no limits to what we can achieve. To learn more and to donate, go to fundraise.sickkidsfoundation.com backslash Project Mom Halo. Thank you for your generosity and support.